want to thank God for being a good God. Don't we serve a mighty God on today? Hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I have been through a really challenging week today. The devil didn't want this word to come forth, but I rebuke him in the name of Jesus. Place, that we shall be able to say it was 
We thank you for your for your deliverance. We praise you in advance for what you're about to do. Let the people of God say, Amen. Go with me now for your sermonic focus in your Bibles, on your iPads, on your iPhones, wherever you find the Word of God today. And turn to the book of Ruth. Which chapter did I say? Which book did I say? This is the first book in the Bible named after a woman. This, this month we're celebrating Women's History Month. Amen? And I thank God that we, we made it into the canon. That's a big thing. Amen? So God wants women in ministry too. Amen? So turn to the book of Ruth chapter 1. And we'll be reading from verses number 16 to 22. Ruth chapter 1. Verse number 16 to 22. When you've got it, say, I'm in the Word. That's not everybody. When you've got it, say, I'm in the Word. I will read in your hearing from the new King James Virgin. But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go, and wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to, to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. When she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. Now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. Somebody say Bethlehem. And it happened when they had come to Bethlehem that all the city cried because of them. And the women said, is this Naomi? But she said to them, do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full and came, and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Is there anyone that can testify that you went out full, but you came back empty? Why do you call me Naomi? Since the Lord has testified against me. I don't know about you, but there's some times that I go through things in my life that I think that God himself has testified against me, and the Almighty has afflicted me. So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab. Now when they came to Bethlehem, now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest. Allow me to preach to you today under the thought, the famine is over. Won't you turn to your neighbor? I give you permission to tweet that, Facebook that, however you want to share it on social media, tag me in, because we're going to be using social media today. And tell your neighbor, touch your neighbor, find a neighbor, and tell your neighbor the title of the sermon on today, the famine is over. Oh, I think that's the wrong neighbor. You better find another neighbor. Find someone behind you, in front of you, next to you, to the other side of you, and let them know the sermon title on today, the famine is over. As a people, we as African Americans are no strangers to famine. For decades, our communities have been strategically designed as food deserts. 
a food desert is defined as an urban area in which it is difficult to buy affordable or good quality fresh food. For decades, our families has, have lived in the middle of a famine and accepted it as reality. Parenthetically, we as American people can testify that not only has there been a famine for food, they have burned our churches, shut down our schools, incarcerated our men, raped our women, poisoned our babies, handicapped our neighborhoods, dehumanized our race. Oh, we are longing for the time when we can say the famine is over. Like Martin Luther King, we dream of a time when there won't be a lot for educated black men and, and empowered black women, liberated black kids, financially free black neighborhoods. We are longing for the day when the black race can stand united together. Yes, we as a people are longing for the famine to be over. Right. But then there's about 50 of you up in here today that know what it's like to live through a famine in your life. Is there anybody up in here that has been through a, a famine but you're able to come out on the other side to say the famine is over? But you said in the country you are today, I came here for those, just a few of those who are still going through a famine. I came here on assignment from God to let you know the famine is over. Say with me now, it is what you say when God delivers you from fake friends who use you and abuse you, the famine is over. It is what you say when you leave your baby daddy to wait for your man of God, the famine is over. It is what you say when God delivers your son who was hooked on drugs, the famine is over. It is what you say when you're tired of going through some situations in life and God shows up to declare to the devil the famine is over. It is what you say when you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. You gotta speak over yourself. The famine is over. When I look back over my life and think about what God has delivered me from, my soul just cries. in your sanctified imagination to Moab. Where are we? Stay with me now. Stay with me now. Where are we? It was to be a place of blessing, but it became a place of bondage. Moab. It was to be a place of fatness, but it became a place of famine. Moab. It was to be a place of elevation, but it became a place of devastation, Moab. It, was, it is after leaving Moab that the Bible introduces us to a dialogue between Ruth and Naomi. Despite of Naomi's pleas to persuade Ruth to leave, Ruth is determined or left to give. In Naomi's own words, Moab is the place that she went in full but came back empty. Is there anyone in here bold enough to admit that you have nothing more left to give? Naomi is so overcome with grief that all she sees is bitterness, death, and destruction. She is now a widow with no sustenance and no inheritance. Say with me now, no, Naomi can see no end of the famine.
side, but oh, she doesn't know it yet. The famine is about to be over. You see, Ruth has a burning in her bones. She knows that God isn't finished yet. Turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, God isn't finished yet. She doesn't know how, she doesn't know when, but all she knows is that God is gonna turn it from the knee up, jacked up from the floor up, busted and disgusted, but the mess that you were in was just a setup for a comeback. The family is over. How many of you know, or oh, I think you missed your shot, you see Ruth knows that God has brought them there to put an end to it. Turn to your neighbor and say, God, God. is about to put an end to it. But preacher, preacher, what is the deal with Ruth's commitment to Naomi? Well, I'm so glad you asked, because that's why God calls me to stop by here on today. Can I help you and bless you at the same time? In order to end the famine, mm -mm -mm, your commitment must be complete. Don't miss it now. Ruth's commitment is no ordinary vow. You see, the words that Ruth uses here, let me pause momentarily to illustrate, these words are associated with a marriage vow. You know, ladies, you know what it feels like to be in a relationship with a man that is just stringing you along, but doesn't want to make a commitment. Do I have any witnesses in here? He wants everything that he can get from marriage, but he wants friends with benefits. Amen? We know what that feels like. So, the, so Ruth, the words that she is using here are associated with the same words that a man uses with his woman when he says, I will stay with you. I'm gonna stick with you. Come hell or high water, boo. I am not leaving you. She was determined to be Ruth's ride or die. You see, this is not a get my praise on at church and hanging out all during the week kind of relationship. She is all in. She was willing to give up all that she believed to be with Naomi, a new God. She was willing to embrace a new culture and walk in a new identity, a new people. She was willing to live in a place that she had never lived before, a new home. She was willing to go wherever Naomi went till death did their part, a new journey. You see, this is a complete surrender to the God of Naomi. I just came by here to tell somebody on today, it is time to completely surrender to Jesus. Are you still with me? Aren't you glad that God placed some people in your life that helped you to find Jesus? Hallelujah. Are you all in? I came right here to let you know in order to end the famine, there are some things and some folk you got to leave behind. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. You got to take out your phone. Yes, take out your phone right now. Turn on your phone. Scroll. Select. Delete. You see, there are some people in your life that you gotta delete 
that you are deleting even right now. You see that they were in your past. They came to where you are, but they can't go where you're going. but it's where you're going. Yeah. Does anybody here, here know that you're going somewhere different than where you have been before? You see, it's not where you are, it's where you're going. Aren't you glad that when you were smoking your brains out that God declared the famine is over? I know that there's some sanctified saints up in here this morning that think that God ain't with you when you're smoking no joint in the hood. That God ain't with you when you're giving away your body in the club. That God ain't with you when you're between the devil and the deep blue sea. But do I have a witness in here that can testify that God as liberated as us ladies now that have our own jobs and have our own business and are leading corporate corporations. You see, these ladies depended upon their husband for every sustenance. So when their husband died, they, there was no way that they could provide for themselves. But Ruth decides the only way out is to make the best of her bad situation. She decides to go into one of Naomi's rich male relatives, Boaz, say Boaz. Boaz. She goes into his field to collect the extra grain that falls to the ground. She wasn't ashamed of where she was because she knew where she was going. She positions herself for blessings. Say with me now. You see, sometimes you gotta get yourself ready for what God is about to do. Making the best of a bad situation. Don't miss this now. While she is there, Boaz sees her and she instructs and he is mesmerized by her. Brothers, can you remember the day that that lady passed by and she mesmerized you? You know what it's like, brothers. You know what I'm talking about. You know? And while she is there, he instructs the workers to drop a little extra grain on the ground. Oh, you'll miss your shout. Can I get about 20 of you that will praise God for just five? 
to say when you have done all you can. What? Just ten. Making the best of a bad situation. Yeah. Then I've read somewhere in the Bible that says his strength is made perfect in my weakness. Hallelujah. Making the best of a bad situation. Talk to the widow at Zarephath who only had some flour and a small jar of oil but still fed the man of God. Making the best of a bad situation. Talk to the woman with the issue of blood who crawled all the way to Jesus until she was healed. Making the best of a bad situation. Talk to the friends who lured their sick brother through the roof to be healed by Jesus. Making the best of a bad situation. You see, in order to end the famine, you gotta be committed to making the best of a bad situation. Stay with me now. If you're gonna preach Jesus to others, but you can't even preach Jesus to yourself, the famine is over. If you can't get your praise on on church, but you can't get your witness on during the week, the famine is over. You're in the presence of the king, but doing nothing for the kingdom. The famine is over. I know I'm messing you with, with you right now, but I came to drive all up in your driveway, if that's okay. You when you spend five hours on Facebook, instead of five minutes in God's book, the famine is over. Then the deacon and the usher come to church smiling and serving, but their marriage is suffering and dying. The famine is over. When you're fighting depression and it's a miracle, you didn't take your life on today, the famine is over. When the church brothers want to get down with the church sisters, single or married, the famine is over. You see, when God shows up, there is no disease too far gone when Jesus steps into your situation. There is no reputation too irreparable when Jesus steps into your situation. There is no soul too sold out when Jesus steps into your situation. Because I just came by here to let you know on today that when Jesus steps into your situation, he will give you victory over temptation. He'll give you deliverance over destruction. Your commitment will place you the right place. Commitment opens the door to her blessing. The Bible says that they arrive at the beginning of barley harvest. The right place at the right time. She meets Boaz who will redeem her while she is making the best of her bad situation. The right place at the right time. She gives birth to Obed, who will become the forefather of Jesus. The right place at the right time. Now just let me illustrate to you that back in those days, remember we talked about, you know, um, if you're, uh, if you're, when your husband died, there was no way to provide for you. But then there was also a law that says when your husband died, that you had to marry the closest living male relative. I'm glad that we don't have that on today, because I just like my dude that God gave me. I, I don't want to marry his brother. I just want him. <laughs> to be her kinsman redeemer the right place at the right time you see the bible says that the steps of a good man are 
by the Lord. He wouldn't bring you to it if he couldn't bring you through it. You're busy building the kingdom of God and you meet your future wife the right place at the right time. You're busy trying to pay your minimum balance and God sends you a financial advisor who redeems you from your bad credit the right place at the right time. You see, you're birthing the vision to impact God's community and God sends your family the right place at the right time. Can you just trust that where God has you is where he wants you? Do I have a witness that will testify that you are in the right place at the right time? You see, sometimes we think that where the devil, that where God has us is where the devil has us. We think that where the devil has us is where God has brought us. But sometimes we are just where God wants us to be. But do, do I have about 50 of you who will say to yourself, I don't care how they talk about me. I don't care how they look at me. I'm coming out of this situation. As Naomi walked onto the threshing floor, I imagine she had to encourage herself. This God is able to save us, but if he is not able to save me, I will help myself the right place at the right time. You see, sometimes you got to speak victory over your situation. There's sometimes you can't find the pastor, you can't find a prayer warrior, and you just got to take out that oil, anoint yourself, pray over yourself, and say, the famine is over. No matter how you feel, you got to speak that word and believe that you will be healed. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4 and verse 17 that he calleth those things which be not as though they were. You see that same power that's being used in that text is the creative power from the beginning. And that same power is available to us when you're on your bed about to take your life. That same power is available to you when you find out that that brother, your husband that you gave 15 years of your life went and married met, met and had an affair with some sexy young shit. That same power is available to you. Sometimes you just gotta speak that over yourself. You gotta speak the word over yourself and say, I am not what I have been through. I am more than a conqueror. I will get my degree. I will be debt free. I am no longer bound. I am in the right place at the right time. Your commitment will place you the right place at the right time. You just shake your neighbor's hand and tell them, I am in the right place at the right time. Some of you are in the middle of a famine. When your commitment is complete, you're going to have to tell yourself the famine is over. When you know that you've made the best of a bad situation, you've got to say to yourself, the famine is over. When you know that God has placed you the right place at the right time, you've got to declare to yourself, the famine is over. You see, there are going to be some times in our life that everything around us is still raging, but we got to believe deep down in our belly that the famine is over. And our minds begin to tell our atmosphere what to do. And our atmosphere comes into subjection to what God has already declared. That's why you got to believe inside of your mind, even when everything around you is raging. The famine is over. 
here to let you know today that no matter how much you have lost, it may seem as if you left full and came back empty. But when it's your time and your turn, there's no demon in hell that can stop God from declaring the famine is over. Even when there's no restoration for your marriage in sight, when Jesus passes by, the famine is over. When every job interview puts your resume on file, when Jesus passes by, the famine is over. When you get that eviction notice in the mail, when Jesus passes by, the famine is over. When you're working three jobs with no child support and no man, when Jesus passes by, the famine is over. Even as with every black man in your family is being gunned down by gang violence, when Jesus passes
feel the famine is over. You can look the devil in the eye and tell him on today, the famine is over. If you want deliverance today, will you just speak to yourself? Tap your mouth on the chest and say it out loud that the demons here, the famine is over. Come on, say it with me, the famine is over.